At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's going on and welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Sallerson. Hope this Friday finds you well. It's finally hit the weekend here. In the Crescent City, the team is in San Francisco as they'll take on the Golden State Warriors tonight in Game 3 of the four-game road trip. Unfortunately, Games 1 and 2 did not go so well for New Orleans, dropping one to the Phoenix Suns, 112-100. to And on Wednesday night, dropping their game to the Sacramento Kings, 112-99. And tonight, Willie Green will get his first crack at facing his former coach and Steve Kerr. I guess former coach as in Willie Green was an assistant with the Golden State Warriors before he went to Phoenix to coach under Monty Williams. So again, the Willie Green tour continues as he was able to reunite with Monty Williams on Tuesday night, and now will reunite with Steve Kerr tonight inside the Chase Center. Tip-off set for 9 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. On Valley Sports New Orleans, you can listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. And speaking of ESPN, Mark Spears of ESPN's The Undefeated wrote a great piece on Willie Green today that is available for you to read. And I caught up with Mark earlier this week in Phoenix when he was conducting his interviews with Willie Green and some of the players. Here's what Mark had to say, and he is our featured guest today on the Pelicans podcast. As promised, we're joined by Mark Spears, senior NBA writer for ESPN's The Undefeated, has an article out today about Pelicans head coach Willie Green. If you haven't checked it out yet, make sure to log on to ESPN.com and find it. Unbelievable article written by Mark Spears, who joins me now. And Mark, uh, first off uh it's good to see you in person you know we've been trying to interact here and with with COVID and stuff it's nice to see you in person how, how are things treating you oh, so man, far I'm used, I'm used to being in your office and in, in uh is it Kenner yeah in Kenner yeah. Metairie, Metairie, Metairie. Metairie? Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, you got a cool little office too. Man, they got a couple of bobbleheads and some jerseys. And I haven't stuff been in there in almost eighteen months, Are you so serious? I haven't been in there yet. You've been wow. probably in there just the same time as I have. Oh, I just assumed you guys were back in the office. Well, not back in the office. So we're we're in beautiful Phoenix at the yes. time of this taping. Absolutely, so, yeah. So uh, no, Mark, good to see you, man. Absolutely, yeah. Mark was in here uh, getting some of his stuff done for the article that you can read today. Of course, with head coach Willie Green, and he talked to some other players and stuff. But you go way back with Willie Green between coaching in San Francisco with the with the Warriors and, and a player. How far do you go back, and what is your relationship well, with Willie? We get you know the Bay Area folks get especially the Oakland folks get sensitive. They'll be like, "No, he was coaching in Oakland." That's true. Very true. <laughs> they, did he get? He might have got a year in the first year in San Francisco. I think maybe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they um, lay off me a little bit. <laughs> but no, I I always respect guys that made it into the NBA like second round or later and, and lasted 10 years without averaging over 10 points. And I don't think he averaged over 10 points. Right. You know, um, just to me that shows, you know, and you got another one in Garrett Temple, somebody that's like persevered, somebody that's figured out a way, somebody that's uh, is a great teammate, does what he needs to do to win, and is a professional. And I, I think Willie encompasses all that. You know, he um, nobody ever gave him anything. 
So anybody that's a diva, it's probably kind of laughable to him. Um, but there have been a lot of coaches that I thought have been jerks <laughs> throughout the years. I uh, want to use another word, but this is a family program. Yes. He's not one of them. You know, he, he's just a sweet person. His wife, beautiful lady, children. His son's actually a pretty good college basketball player. Yeah. You know, try to get, we need Tulane or uh, UNO to get him to transfer because he, he's going to have another year, year eligibility. His team probably don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. But uh, his kid kind of exemplifies Willie. Like, I went and saw him play in high school at Bishop O'Dowd. Um, and I think he uh, he was playing with a kid that's like my, my nephew. And I haven't seen too many people play harder. And with so much energy and so much enthusiasm. And he was kind of like a pest on the floor, but in, not in a Pat Beverly kind of way, yeah. but in a like a, and I know he gets that from Willie. Right. You know, and you, and you guys saw it when he used to play in New Orleans too. But Willie has this calm, cool demeanor. Can't really see him sweat. And I think he's a perfect fit for coach. You know, obviously, it's tough for, you know, an assistant coach to kind of move up the ranks and get to that head coaching position. But, of course, he has been under two incredible coaches in Steve Kerr and then head coach Monty Williams. At what point, even in your interactions with him in Oakland and San Francisco, did you think that he was going to get a shot at being a head coach one day? I I didn't really think that until he got to Phoenix. Um, I thought the path opened when he got here, you know. And, obviously, with Phoenix's success last season at – certainly helped but the interesting thing about you know when I talked to Willie was he didn't see that yeah but he has this uncle who man if you bring out mention of his his uncle it brings out emotions out of him um who saw that for him years ago and told him while he was a player you you, you know you got big things coming bigger than what you're doing as a player he didn't see it you know, um, didn't believe it, but his uncle believed that in him. And, you know, his uncle passed away last year of a heart attack. So he didn't see what he dreamed for his nephew, him becoming a head coach. Right. So when Willie entered last season, you know, like he's learned from Kerr, he learned from Mike Brown at Golden State, you know, um, coach, he played for a lot of great coaches, right. But he didn't see him as a head coach like his uncle did, and teams ended up seeing him. So he had, like, three interviews. And um, I think when he – I'm trying to remember who the first call was, but when he got that first call, I think he was like, oh, wow, they, they want me to be a head coach? Like, he was just trying to master being the best associate head coach he could be. But other people saw in him – that something he didn't even see in, see in itself. I almost feel like I'm reading something out of a, a biblical service, yeah. right? Like, and so ultimately, there are three teams that saw that in him. The Pelicans saw that in him, and one of the interesting stories he had was um, when he had his big interview with the Pelicans, he took a connecting flight like during the finals or during the playoffs to interview with him. And he, I don't know that anybody knows that story, like. He flew from Phoenix, might have transferred in like Houston or Dallas to get to New Orleans and missed two days of practice and felt horrible about missing those practices. But Monty Williams was like, hey, this is important. 
you have an amazing amazing opportunity here go go and I still remember being um, in the Suns Arena they've called it a hundred different things I don't yeah, even know now it's the Footprint called. Center the Footprint Center <laughs> it wasn't even I don't even think it was a footprint I don't even think they had a name at the time no they didn't there was a time last yeah. year that they didn't have any yeah. name on it um but I remember after one of their practices during the finals, Monty congratulated him on getting a job, and the whole team like surrounded him, and he he got pretty emotional there. So I'm, I think it's, it's interesting that you know people see something in you and believe something in you that even though you might know you might be confident that you just I just don't think the world's gonna give me that, and the world did. And so there may not be a coach right now that is more appreciative to be a head coach in the NBA than, than Willie Green. I think before we get into some of the player relationships he has, and, you know, we talked about that with how the players were congratulating him after he got the job, but his relationship with Monty Williams and how Monty yeah. brought him over. Monty was a former coach here in New Orleans, yeah. but he was the first one or one of the few first few to congratulate Willie on his first uh win uh last week yeah just maybe how did that connection and that relationship get him to this next level as well because of course Monty is such a great guy that and he was supportive the entire way I mean that has to be a big sigh not a sigh relief but a big help weight lift off your shoulders for Willie that when he was going through this process you had a his head coach that was was very supportive of the situation Monty might be one of the few head coaches that fan bases might say man we should have did that or what would happen if we would have kept him you know um my mom still asked me about Monty mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, how's Monty doing yeah. you know you, you, you saw a coach and she was there I think people from New Orleans were probably rooting for the Suns right to win in the finals last year so it's interesting that of all the jobs like one of his disciples gets it's uh New Orleans New Orleans right, right. um cause there's a lot of Monty and you know Willie, they're both real big family guys. They both got calm demeanors. Um, very, very brilliant, great basketball IQ, and amazing leaders of men. And so, like, there have been times where a coach might have said, "Nah, man, that's that's too much. You need to tell them to fly out here to interview." Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the Pelicans could have did that too. Um, but that's what they opted to do, and he he did it. And so, a bitter person wouldn't allowed Willie to go out there and interview, right? Or he and he had everything in his right to not let him go out. Um, but their relationship's too strong. You know, Monty's a consummate Christian, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we can learn a lot from him. And so, I, I just think that. I'm sure mine even called for him. You know, you know what I mean. Right. Like, uh, so I learning from Steve, learning from Mike Brown, who like is meticulous. Steve is is a great thinker. Steve is the one that discovered Steve Kerr discovered Willie by watching how he worked out pregame when he was with the Clippers, and then he went and asked Grant Hill about him. Like, Those two are close too, Grant Hill. Yeah, Willie. Grant Hill, because Grant Hill played with Willie with the Clippers and was like, what do you think about this guy? He's like, man, he's a professional, smart, works hard, has a routine. And, um, you know, and then 
Willie, like, he, he got his first coaching job, like, after his first year of playing. And his wife actually kind of nudged him and like, all right, man, you ain't sitting at the house the rest of your life. You yeah. need to do something. And Grant Hill had told him, he's like, hey, you know, Steve is interested in you. And he ended up at Golden State. So I just think he, Ron Adams at Golden State, when you when you guys come out came out there, like Ron Adams was like, he had just great people around him that probably helped him get to this position a lot faster than he expected to. Yeah. You talk about his demeanor, and that's the one thing that strikes me when when getting to know Willie is seeing him on the bench. Yeah, has he cracked yet? No, he hasn't. <laughs> and I think we're all just kind of waiting, waiting for, for it, like, yeah. or, or yeah. when's the first technical coming, or when's he going to go off? And it because the last two coaches, boy, and all, <laughs> who I both love, boy, yeah. and, uh, you saw their emotions, right? Every second, but practice too. Like you could tell, one he lets his assistant coaches yeah. use their voices too. But when Willie starts talking, you know it's all right. Listen up. Yeah. But I think that's what players respect about him too. Yeah. But even his demeanor when things are starting to go and a little bit of a tailspin on games, they go on little runs. That, that demeanor is what really sticks out to me. Is that? Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's kind of rare these days. You see a lot of coaches, you know, wear their emotions on their sleeve during game. But yeah. Willie kind of keeps it tucked in a little well, bit and he you know that way if you don't panic the team doesn't panic and right. obviously there's been some injuries that have des- devastated this team uh so far i mean zion still hasn't played a game yet um but i i, I would tell pelicans fans it's still early every team is going to go through an injury situation that's going to punch them a little bit mm-hmm. um it, it's the character of what they do once everybody's back you know like what you do to catch up and I think Willie's going to make sure that they have the right mentality that they don't feel defeated even though it it hasn't been a lot of fun so far and I think they'll be mentally ready when they have a a full charge so to speak you mentioned that you talked to some players during this article Garrett Temple was one of them of course Mm -hmm. the veteran of this team Um, and I love hearing Garrett talk and I think he's perfect Mm -hmm. for this team that has a lot of young talent um, without giving too much away the oh, article, no. yeah. just what what is you know the value of what these players think about him in his first years? What's Garrett thought about him so yeah. far? Well, I mean, I, I think they were on the uh, board together, players' union, mm-hmm. and so they know each other from that. I mean, Garrett, I want to say he's he's toward the end, but you don't know with him. He what played on eleven T's, yeah. been a lot of places, and it, it survived. Uh, but he's back home. He's excited to be back home, and I think Willie, being the head coach, made him more excited to want to come here because um, he knows they're kind of cut from the same cloth, right? Like that, and um, has you know there was a changing of the tide, so to speak, where you're in a league that's 85 percent black, and finally there was a seven out of eight coaches hire were black, which certainly you know has changed the trend, uh, a disappointing trend that the NBA has had. And so I think when the players see him, the majority of the team is black, you see somebody you can relate to a little bit. Not that a white coach can't do the job, but, you know, there is a lot that they have in common. And then I think probably from even a as important standpoint, he's a former player, you know, who, I mean, he might not have been a superstar, but he played with a lot of them mm-hmm. and he's coached a lot of them. So he's seen everything. He's been around everything. And he's a champion. 
you know, and he's coached on the finals level. You know, like he's been where everybody wants to go. And um, so I, I think that a lot of ways Garrett sees himself and coach, although I don't, I don't think Garrett wants to coach. I was just going to say, I wonder if Garrett, because every time in the, every NBA GM I, I survey, it's him. most likely to become a coach, and Garrett Temple's always on that list. I think it's, if I was a betting man, I would say Garrett's more likely to be in the front office. Okay. Which and I think he'd be great at, yeah, too. Yeah, which uh, I think his time in the union, mm-hmm. was, you know, and... Helped him out a lot. Yeah. There might be a day where he's getting his uh, law degree from LSU or something yeah. like that, since he's out in Baton Rouge, right? So... Um, I, I see him going in that world, but when you have a, a former player, I do think that I, I actually see that trend probably continuing to go um, because it, it it's easy for easier for it's like me if I have an editor that's never written, right? Like how are you gonna like tell me what what to do what this feels yeah. like or you know right. how to handle it? You might technically be great but that's a challenge that you know coaches that have never played have and you know obviously Willie has played yeah and I think uh I talked about this with Antonio Daniels and he always makes this point not only was Willie Green a former player but the roles that he has had in his 10 years in the NBA has been he can relate to the 15th man on the bench he can relate to the superstar on the bench and Mm -hmm. I feel like you talk about that trend seeing some of those guys that have wasn't easy to yeah. get, even get into the league, stay yeah. in the league, and be there so long. I mean, how important is that for Willie kind of maybe to help other former, you know, players that, you know, weren't the superstars yeah. that are interested in coaching say, well, look what Willie did. You know, yeah. took him a couple stints as an assistant coach, but learning from some great guys now. Yeah. Maybe that could be me someday. Yeah, no, it's, um, he, I think it's important to, like, no matter how great you are as a star, like everybody doesn't get the Steve Kerr opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the Magic Johnson opportunity where you get to coach immediately, right? Yep. Like even Chauncey Billups is a Finals MVP, yeah. but he even Steve Nash. was, was, was <laughs> an assistant. Um, I said Steve Nash, right? No. What did I say in the beginning? You said, uh, God, I just went blank for a second. Let me, let me say that whole thing. Okay. Or you okay. Yeah. yeah, I said, you know, everybody doesn't get the Steve Nash mm-hmm. situation. Uh, the Magic Johnson situation where you're a superstar that gets to be a head coach or a player that gets to be a head coach. And I and I, I don't think you should, even though Steve's doing an amazing job, you know, um I think you even if you could do the Chauncey Belts route where it's a year just getting to be an apprentice, you know, um like one day who knows, I might want to be a college professor. Like, I'm talking down the lines. Yeah. I got my master's at LSU, sports business, business management. But down the line, I'm telling LSU this, that, you know, maybe I wa- might want to be a journalism professor, right? Yeah. And I'm going to be a teacher's aide to uh, – I'm talking to a journalism colleague about to be a teacher's aide for his class. Because it's not that I don't think I know a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen everything in journalism, but I think it's important to sit back and yeah. watch somebody else teach. Yeah, the knowledge is there, but yeah. now delivering that knowledge to students could be yeah, a whole different animal. Exactly. And, you know, just because I might have, I've had a great career doesn't mean I know how to walk in and teach somebody about it. Um, and so that's kind of, I think, what Willie did is 
He humbled himself. He was the top assistant when he got there. Like he was certainly down the rung, and he kept moving up the ladder, kept moving up the ladder, and um, you know, so he he's been an apprentice, and he's learned from some greats. I mean, like communication wise, like you just were around Steve Kerr and and Monty, like you you heard Monty mic'd up, like. Mm-hmm. So I I think he's fine. I think the thing that's he's being tested out the gate with the injuries man like and there's nothing he could do about it right uh, other than try to be creative with the coaching plan yeah the growing pains have started early but I think going through it now could really help this team moving forward once they get fully healthy and see what this team is like with him I think is exciting to see we're not even at Thanksgiving yet no I know that's the hard thing to even go through it because you know there's been some slow starts with this with this Pelicans team in the past and so everyone goes here we go again um but it is you know it's tough i I feel like having willie at the helm at least for me personally makes me feel a little better gotta get big fella back when big fella comes back yeah absolutely i mean because he had an amazing season last year just gotta get him on the court gotta get him on the court (laughs) absolutely well mark i really appreciate the time i know this is a busy time for you uh hopefully we can do this in new orleans again when you come back in your office in my office now i don't know what's living there might be an alligator living in your office i'm gonna let someone else go in there first before i go in there yeah stray dog or something i'll clear it out before you get in there sandwich in there i did not i made sure i cleaned that out yeah i'll let i'll let you know when it's clear and you can come back in and and record from studio b i look forward to doing that all right that's mark spears make sure to check out his interview today senior writer for espn's undefeated great stuff from mark always appreciate having him on and again log on to espn.com to read the article from mark spears senior nba writer for espn's the undefeated well that'll do for today's podcast again the late one tonight from the chase center in san francisco pelicans and warriors at 9 p.m you can watch it nationally on espn locally on valley sports norals and as i mentioned listen Locally on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. Then we'll be back with you on Monday to preview the Dallas Mavericks as the Pelicans will wrap up the trip in Dallas tip-off set for 7.30. Until then, for Mark Spears, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.